The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily... The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the house with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? Uh, G. Cobb in the house. I'm Micah Warren. Uh, joined by Mr. G. Cobb. And, uh, G., you know, you could, look at, you could look at this past weekend with the Eagles and you say, well... You wrapped up a stretch of, of three games in a row uh, against the NFC East. You took two or three. Now, you know nobody in Philly is looking at it like that. Uh, they, they did a good job. They took care of the Redskins and the Giants. And then we had Sunday night. Uh, a loss to the Cowboys, a pretty tough loss to a, a very beatable ca- uh, Cowboys team. Um, and, boy, it's still, it's still the issues with this offense. Um, and it's just it's an inconsistent offense, and I don't – I don't know if that's going to change throughout the year. They're going to have to deal with it. But you look at a team that, that doesn't like to run the ball a ton. Uh, they like to throw it. But right now they have an offensive line dealing with, you know, injuries. Guys play out of position. They haven't played together. So you got to, in order for this offense to run, they have to block for Donovan. Donovan's got to be accurate. Neither of those two things are a certainty. The receiver's got to be paying attention. Got to catch the ball. And you got to not have committed a penalty at some point. That's a lot of things right now for this offense to get right, G. I mean, do you, do you see them clearing this up at any point? Well, I think there'll be some times that they will clear things up. But at other times, you know, they're going to struggle. I mean, that's just where they're at. They, they're a young team. Uh, I think before the season was out, maybe they will solve the puzzle. But uh, I think that they probably have too many young players out there to really be able to uh, – be an offense that's going to come out and really impress people by by uh, hitting on all cylinders all the time. Uh, I, I just don't think they're at that place. Uh, hopefully, they will get to that place before the uh, the season ends. Uh, but clearly, they're not there now. And um, you know, they're a football team that's that's, uh, that's young. And uh, the, the problems on the offensive line have created problems too. Meaning that if they just had you know, uh, Shady McCoy, if they just had to deal with Jeremy Macklin going up. But, you know, you have Kevin Curtis goes down because yeah. they could have been bringing in um, Jeremy at opportune times and not have to rely on him all the time. But, you know, rookies make mistakes, so they got to go with a rookie the whole time because uh, Kevin Curtis's body's breaking down. Um, you have um, uh, big uh, Jason Peters gets hurt. So you throw the Harriman's over there, and that happens to be a time when, Macklin beats his guy, and 
you know, uh, Harriman's can't block DeMarcus Ware, you know. So, you know, it, it's, it's the kind of thing where, you know, they, they uh, you know, they could have very well won the Cowboy game. That's why I think Andy looks at it and says, you know, uh, that's a game we could have won. Uh, I think the next time, maybe they think that they'll be better. They'll be a better team as they they get these younger players. The more time they get, and they get a little healthier. Uh, but it's going to be tight. I mean, and they got to win some of those close games. I know everybody's been talking about the close games and everything. And you know, uh, around here, you know, everything is aimed at McNabb. But you know, you look at the close games. You know, the, the, the look at the look at the look at the Chicago close games. Those yeah. are, I mean, they, they lost two years. They lost games at the end to the to the to the uh, uh, to Chicago, and both times, you know, really McNabb did his job. Uh, one time he drove them down for a touchdown, and what did they do? They let the other team drive for a touchdown. You know, I mean, a, a bad Chicago offense they let them drive the field and score a touchdown. Then the next year, he, he throws the ball, gets them down there, and they can't punch it in from the one inch line with four chances. I mean, come on, so. You know, yes, McNabb has times where he's he's definitely been the problem, but you know, um, it's it's not always been him. It's been the team. It's been Andy. Uh, it's been the defense. They've had a lot of guys who had uh, opportunities where they just haven't been able to get the job done. So uh, right now, consistency is what they're, they're looking for. Uh, but you know, if they win an ugly game, they'll take that. But you know, they they've got their work cut out for them. Uh, with, with this game against San Diego, I'll tell you that. They really do. Uh, and the good news is, though, it is a winnable division, because I don't know if you saw anything in Dallas that said, wow. You know, I don't think either team looked that good. Dallas has their issues, and they typically don't play well at the end of the season. It's a very winnable division, especially with the Giants at four losses, although I'm not obviously not counting them out either. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised who won this division, unless it was the Redskins, because I don't think anybody gives them any credit at all. But, it's some, you know, Gene, it, some of the things you mentioned – like these in-game management situations, you know, does he, who does Andy Reid have up in that booth that he trusts to tell him what he's seeing? That he trusts to say, don't throw the challenge flag, you're off base on this one. I mean, the amount of wasted timeouts, you talk about winning close games, and Tony Romo kneeled on the ball at, at two minutes, after the two-minute warning. And every timeout, they couldn't stop him. Four and a half minutes left, they can't stop the clock. I mean... You know, somebody takes a challenge or something in the first half. I really don't care too much about that. But when you do it in the third quarter and all you can think of, especially in an NFC East game like this where you know it's going to be close, oh, boy, that's going to come back to haunt them. And it typically does. They can't stop the clock at the end of the games. I mean, and this, this is what I love. First of all, Michael Vick, uh, I, I really don't know what we're doing there because when he had success in Atlanta or whatever it was running the ball, it was because of the threat of the pass. He was an actual quarterback. He wasn't back there just to run. Now that he is, he doesn't do anything. He's completely worthless. And getting to what I was saying before, they have to burn a timeout before they run a play with him. I mean, at what point is this obviously not worth it? He doesn't have the speed he used to have. You have to burn a timeout for him to play. And it's ineffective when he does. I, I really don't get why Andy can't say, you know what, this just isn't working. It's not working. I mean, the burn timeout on the Vic play I think was worse than even the challenges for me. Yeah, the McCoy challenge was bad. He wasn't touched. His own, man, his own power brought him back before the line of scrimmage. Okay, bad challenge, fine. He was, he was correct on the, on the spot challenge. I mean, 
they didn't call it fine. In hindsight, it's bad, but he was correct on that. But to burn your other time out because you want to run a play with Michael Vick? Gee, does that make any sense to you? Well, you know, I, I don't get it. I, I think that uh, maybe they went into it with a good idea uh, of something they were going to do with Vick. Um, but, you know, I don't see it. But, but I tell you what, uh, who knows, may, maybe the turnaround this week. But up till now, you know, the things they've done with Michael Vick, I mean, this, this haven't been anything special. I mean, they haven't been special to me. I, I don't see, you know, what's the big deal? Well, he clearly is not what he was three years ago. Uh, will he ever be that? I don't know. Two years away from the league, I don't know. And right now, I mean, I haven't seen him make one person miss. First guy touches him, he goes down. Uh, it's just it's ugly when he's out there. It's just it's bad news. And you mentioned it. You know, this Chargers team comes in here. Now the Eagles are down. No Ellis Hobbs. No Hosele Johansson. You got your starters in, in Samuel and Brown, but Vincent Jackson. For people that that, have, that don't follow the whole league, this guy could play. Vincent Jackson is a stud right now, and Malcolm Floyd six five two. They got two really big receivers coming in here. They can't run, so you know they're going to throw it, and it's going to be against a depleted secondary. Not to mention what's happened to the linebackers. I mean, Chris Gokong is your middle linebacker now. This team is really not to be negative because everybody has injuries, but they're they're really starting to take on water. As a former linebacker, G, you now have a middle linebacker who was a who was drafted for his ability to rush the passer as a defensive end. That guy is now your middle linebacker. Does that, does that concern you? Well, you know, uh, they, 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 uh, they're going to have to alter their game plan because, you know, as I see it, the, um, you know, I, I think the Chargers are probably going to be able to move the football. You know, I, I, that's, what, that's what I see. So I think that, what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to play some defense when they're playing offense. That means they need to to run the football this week. That's what I see. You know, I, I think they're going to have to find a way to run the football because uh, I don't see them being able to really stop the charges uh, consistently, you know, with, with their passing game. And, you know, if, if they're going to be able to score, the Eagles have to be able to score. And I think they also are going to have to um, be able to take – uh, take the ball out of their hands and keep the ball out of the hands of the Chargers. So we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, I, I think they're going to have to run the football. And uh, it just so happens they do have an opportunity because uh, Jamal Williams, who is uh, the Chargers all-pro uh, nose tackle, uh, he's right. injured. He's out for the season. And teams right. have been able to run the ball against the Chargers. So that's why I think that the Eagles definitely should try to, you know, they should try to run the ball. Now, will they try to do it? I doubt it. But <laughs> I, I think it would make I think it would make sense because you know it's a weakness the Chargers have now. Um, they can keep the ball from them, and I, I think it would be a plus. So hopefully, well, hopefully they'll think about going that route. Well, I, I think you and I both know they aren't. For me, when I look at the Chargers, I see a team that really doesn't rush the passer very well. Sean Merriman uh, has been has been better the past few weeks, but not what he was, and they really don't get after the quarterback. So you know Andy's looking at that and be oh, we could throw. <laughs> Who needs to run? They, they don't have a pass rush. All right, we'll just throw it. You know, the, the thing they do have, though, is, uh, you, know, you know, I don't know. You know, uh, pass rush-wise, I see where um, uh, Sean Phillips, you know, he, he's, uh, he's had a pretty, pretty, pretty good, uh, I think, six sacks in the last three, three or four games or something. 
And you know you got Merriman. He's getting healthier because, you know, he's just coming off the, the knee surgery. True. He is coming off the injury. You're right. Yeah. So, you know, if he gets healthier, then, uh, you know, there's going to be problems. So I, I hope they will try to run the ball more than they've had because of the situation and because they, they have to know and say, you know, we can't consistently run the ball against these guys, you know. So we're going to try to we're going to try to uh, we're going to try to you know we're going to try to run the ball. We can't consistently. I mean, uh, you know, just throw it and throw it. Uh, we're going to have problems trying to stop them. So we might as well play a control type of game. No, I agree with you, G. And we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back on the other side with more G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. If you want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. What's up, everybody? We're back. Uh, G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Uh, if you want to rail on the Eagles, you can give us a shout, uh, 888-346-9144. Give us a call. We'll be talking the Eagles. We'll be talking about the NFL. We already covered the, uh, the Eagles-Dallas debacle. That was another missed opportunity for the Birds. Uh, little Chargers this weekend. And there's actually another big game. Actually, it's probably the biggest game of the season in the NFL so far, perhaps. Uh, it's one that everyone pretty much looks forward to every year. Colts and the Patriots. Now, the Colts have been, have played extremely well this year, but man, they are taking on some injuries, and you, you got to wonder how long they can continue to play at this level. They just keep losing people. Um, the Patriots are, are, are getting back, man. They, Tom Brady's starting to get his legs under him. He's starting to show some confidence in that knee. Uh, early in the season, it was, it was bizarre actually watching him. He was, everything was sailing on him. He couldn't find anything. And, of course, that comes with what happens. You know, when you shred your knee, 
you know, Carson Palmer, he, he did it in what, 06? He said he's still, not all, he's still not completely comfortable with it. So we're seeing Tom Brady get back, but you know, and the Patriots are getting much better. Um, the Colts are without their two starting cornerbacks. They're without Marlon Jackson and uh, uh, Kelvin Kelvin Hayden. So that's not good. Not, not against Randy Moss and Welker and the rest of those guys. Um, they lost, you know, obviously Marvin Harrison left from last year. Tony Gonzalez, who, or Anthony Gonzalez, who I actually think is going to be a pretty nice receiver, he's, he's out. And so they got, you know, Austin Colley, Pierre Garcon, a lot of guys that everyone's like, what? But it's Peyton. Peyton makes him go. And uh, it, it's going to be a great game this week. G, what are, what are you thinking on this one? Well, I think you you, uh, you know that uh, the the, um, the Patriots are you know that they're, they're getting better, and of course that's an important part of the uh, of, of winning championships. You know, you want to be getting better. Uh, the whole mindset of um, of just being the, the kind of team that you know you you played real well in the beginning of the season, and then you're tailing off. That's not the way to be. You want to be on the ascendancy uh, as the season continues, because those are the teams that win championships. You know, because you got to be playing your best ball near the end. So you can see that uh, New England is more in that guise than uh, Indianapolis. Uh, you know, they played great early on, but they're starting to, to uh, you know, they, they've got they're taking on water. And you can see over over time, uh, I think that uh, I would probably go with the New, New England in this game because I just don't think that Indianapolis is playing real well. I mean, they, they've, uh, they've gotten out with some victories against some bad teams. Uh, but the way they've had to play shows you that they're not, they haven't been playing their best football. And I think the injuries, the thing is going to uh, gradually continue to catch up with them. So uh, I'm leaning towards New England in this one. Um, but, I, you know, it's going to be a close game, and it's going to be a play here or there uh, uh, that uh, one of the teams is going to win. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of I'm thinking New England myself. I mean, and again, the Colts are just, boy, they're getting bloodied. They really are. And another game um, – that I really want, that I really like, and a team that you want to talk about having all the all the offensive positions in place except the line, the Packers and the Cowboys. That Packers line is brutal. It is it is absolutely horrific. These guys are walking turnstiles, and the Cowboys have a chance. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. It, it sounded to me like maybe uh, you had somebody on your fantasy team. No, 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 I don't, no, not at all. Actually, you know what? I do have Ryan Grant in a couple of leagues, okay. and he's okay. actually been pretty, he's been good. Just so you don't have Aaron Rodgers on your fantasy team, because uh, the way you were crying last week, I thought, you know what? He's got Aaron Rodgers on his fantasy team. <laughs> crying about the Packers line. <laughs> no, I've got, I, I've got, no, I don't have Aaron Rodgers. But although I will say this, I like Aaron Rodgers a lot. I, uh, I think he's a very nice quarterback, but it, it goes to show you, and we, we've seen it in Philly, too, with, you know, if you can't protect Donovan or you can't protect Aaron Rodgers, it really doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. But it, it's a huge concern for the Packers, and DeMarcus Ware is probably licking his chops, as is Jay Ratliff, who has had a phenomenal season. Um, so that could be problems. What are you thinking as far as the Cowboys and the Packers? I don't think the Cowboys are that great. But the Packers are struggling right now. They lost. They lost to Tampa Bay last week. Well, you know, I, I think that uh, you got to give the uh, Cowboys credit for the fact that they changed their their, their team mentality. Uh, they don't have anybody in there that's talking about their stats, uh, talking about you know how they want to, they got to have the ball and all that. And you can see that 
they're pretty much uh, playing where, you know, uh, nobody is really be, really the feature guy, uh, either in the run game or in the pass game. And, uh, you know, they've been able to win. You know, now is it going to continue? Because, you know, they don't have, uh, they don't have a big room for error. They don't have a big room for error because, um, you know, they, they, they're not, you know, just overly talented type team. But, you know, they're playing together. And, uh, you know, you just got to find a way to win. Now, do I see them winning a championship? No. But I, I think they can make the playoffs. And, and that's their goal. They want to make the playoffs uh, because if they don't, then, uh, you know, it's going to be a bloodletting down there. Yeah, boy, what do you do down there? If, if the Cowboys don't make it, we know Wade Phillips is gone. I don't see how they can go away from Romo. Romo's always just good enough that you can't get rid of him. Well, but, I, don't, I don't think they – not yet. Not yet, because they don't—they don't have what, what kind of option do they? they don't have an option. They've signed right. him, uh, and, and what they want to do is try to get uh, more help for him. And uh, but but they're going to have to go with Romo. And the thing about it is, you still know he's capable of making some mistakes. You know, if he gets into a game where you know, uh, see, the Eagles didn't score as much as they were capable of last week. If they'd have scored another touchdown or two, it would have made uh, Romo have to really air it out, and that's when he makes mistakes. Yeah, no, he does. And, I mean, you know, and you can say that for a lot of quarterbacks. You know, you're better off with some kind of a balance, get some help. But Romo's proven he can definitely play. And like you said, who else are you going to get? The, the issue with the Cowboys to me is they can win all they want right now. I think what we really need to see from the Cowboys is can you win in December, in January? Because that's when they faltered. They'll, you know, even when they were 13-3 a, a few seasons ago, they go into the playoffs in 07, they lose to the Giants, one and done. Uh, you know, last year they, they had a good team also. I mean, 44-6, to six, you have a chance. You're playing for the playoffs, and you get you lose 44-6. to six. You, They can't seem to get – it's like you said, you've got to get it going at the right time. We saw it with the Giants. You know, they beat the Patriots that year because they were playing better football at that time. And so with the Cowboys, what you really want to see is, you know, this stuff doesn't really matter to me as far as the Cowboys. They've proven in the first three months of the season or so that they can win a lot of games, and they have. But what we really need to see is that end of the year. Can they get it together at the end of the year? Is it going to help not having Terrell Owens there? Is it? Because you know what? And, and I already apologize for this. I already lost. I admit I lost. I was wrong about Roy Williams. I was wrong. I thought he was going to have a very good year. I thought he could step up and be that number one receiver. Instead, he's just kind of lazy and he complains. I mean, did you hear him complain about, well, you know, Romo's on target with, uh, with you know, Austin Miles and the other guys, but not with me. Well, what's that tell you? What's that tell you? I mean, this guy, he's got a lot of dog in him. Did you realize, now, when you said before, because you, you weren't too high on him before, was that taking into consideration that this guy has some dog in him? Well, I mean, I, I didn't really know much about uh, his work habits and things, but I'm, I'm just, I just looked at his production in, uh, in Detroit. You know, you didn't see the production. Uh, and, and really, see, if you can't do it on a bad team, See, if you're playing on a bad team that's getting blown out, that's when you can really get some big stats because right. you're playing in games where, um, you know, the, the, uh, your team has lost and uh, the other team doesn't care whether you get some stats. I mean, in fact, they, you know, just want to keep the clock moving. They don't care. So if you don't get stats in a situation like that, you're not going to get stats in, in a situation where you're battling all the time and you don't get any freebie yards. So... That's where I, I knew that, uh, you know, he, he wasn't as dominant a receiver as people had, you know, talked 
bother him being. So uh, just in looking at the, the same situation, you know, uh, I look at uh, Jay Cutler. Uh, Jay Cutler was getting a bunch of stats, you know. Jay Cutler, is, is, he's, he's got a great arm. He's not a good quarterback right now. Yeah. And, he, and he wasn't a good quarterback in Denver, but people just looked at his stats. A lot of it was garbage time stats. Right. And you see when, when he's playing against uh, uh, somebody where his game's on the line, he's going to throw picks. I mean, this guy's just going to throw picks uh, because he's, got, he, he, he's not a good decision maker. You know, he's got a good arm, but the arm doesn't have a brain in it. <laughs> it doesn't. You know, but, but anyway, you, 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 you got to watch guys. Like I said, if you got a guy who plays on a bad team and he's not getting big stats and he's either quarterback or receiver, because you're going to give me yards. You can't make, do that. You, you're not going to be able to do it when they're, they're fighting you for every, uh, every catch you get. Right, and we saw that uh, guys like Larry Fitzgerald and Bolden years ago, they used to have great stats, but you look and they're like, well, oh, you lost 41 to 14. Yeah. yeah, yeah. well, you were down, and they basically laid off in the coverage in the fourth quarter. They didn't really care. You may have gotten some backups in there. And Kurt Warner would just go put up these pinball machine stats in the fourth quarter because the game didn't matter anymore. Yeah, you, and, you, can't, you can't take that as serious. You know, it's not as seriously as, as a team that, like I said, that team that, uh, where you've got a, uh, you know, guys that are only out there when the other team is really trying to stop them. They don't ever get out there when the other team is not trying to stop them. So, uh, you know, I think that it's a, it's a, it's a lot truer. The numbers are truer. Um, with these bad teams, you've got to watch some of these guys because they, they get cheap stats. So. Yeah, and you have to wonder if the Bears paid attention to that because with Denver, their, their defense was so lousy last year. Yeah, he had to throw the ball all the time. You know, everybody was scoring on them, so they had to, they had to continue to throw the ball. And at this point, at least, well, you know what? And this is something I want to talk to you about, too. Did Chicago get fleeced on Cutler? Or at what point is Ron Turner, their offensive coordinator, held accountable? Matt Forte hasn't been good. Cutler hasn't been good. Now, Cedric Benson has been all-world in Cincinnati since he left. Kyle Orton's been a pretty good quarterback for Denver. I mean, I mitigate my enthusiasm on that one. But he's been much more productive in Denver. At what point do you look at Ron Turner and say, uh, why, why isn't this getting done? Why is, why is this offense sputtering? I mean, he has to be on the hot seat at this point, wouldn't you think? Well, you know, I definitely think, you know, he's on the hot, you know, hot seat. But, you know, uh, Cutler's in there making bad decisions, though. I mean, I, 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 you know, I, I, um, I think Turner has to bear some of the responsibility. My goodness. Some of the picks he made, I mean, what are you going to do about that as, a, as an offensive coordinator if you're supposed to have this franchise quarterback and he's just throwing the ball to the other team. I mean, I, I think it makes things pretty difficult. But he will end up being the fall guy because you know they, you know they can't get rid of Cutler. They just gave him some more money. I mean, two, two first round picks. I mean that's. I mean they can't they can't um, they can't get rid of Cutler. So Turner will take the hit. But I, I think a lot of the a lot of the responsibility though I think falls on Cutler. I mean, come on, the guys just out there throwing interceptions. He, did, hey, he, he, was, he was terrible last night. I agree with you. Like, I, I've never been a big Cutler fan, though. I have, I have not bought into the hype. Everyone's, oh, he's a great qual-. I have not seen it. And his leadership qualities, look, I'm not in the locker room. I don't know for sure. Just the look on his face, he looks like, he just looks like this doofus to me. I, I can't stand Jay Cutler. And last night, he was so bad 
I mean, throughout the game, it was just pick after pick after pick, and, and I'll, I'll agree with you there. It's tough for Ron Turner to sit in the booth and watch that and think, you know, I should have, I should have done something differently. I mean, this guy, this, that, that trade could possibly have sent Chicago back five years. When you, make, when you make a move like that, and if it doesn't work out, you set your franchise back. You set your franchise back if you miss on a first-round pick as a quarterback. They, they will they'll have whiffed on two first-round picks to get him. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't see it. But we have, to, uh, we have to take a break. We'll come back on the other side. This is G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back no questions asked let's face it the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes the team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful the fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be but how do you make them faster after all like many coaches maybe you were told that you can't teach speed that an athlete is either born with it or they're not right wrong Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport, speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877-510-FAST. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. If you want to get in on the conversation, call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. We're back, everybody. This is G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren with G. Cobb on VoiceAmericaSports.com. We've gone through a little NFL football talk, and maybe it's not time to wrap up the baseball season just yet. There's been actually a, you know, a lot of news as soon as the Yankees got that last out to, uh, to beat the Phillies and win their 27th World Series. It seemed like all the, all the trade talk and the free agent talk and, and all of that. So it's still actually a good time for baseball. And uh, the Phillies have made some decisions. There's been a lot of rumors about some decisions they're going to be making. 
um, they basically told Brett Myers, we're not bringing you back. And according to the report I read, they didn't even tell him why. They just said, we're not, we're not bringing you back. There you go, Brett. That's what you get. Uh, they declined the option on Pedro Feliz, uh, which is kind of a dicey proposition. And I'll tell you why. At $5.5 million, they basically said, we're not paying you that. That doesn't mean he's definitely gone from the team that can still bring him back. Um, and I know that I don't think anyone, I don't even think Pedro Feliz's mother was happy with his production uh, his bat in the postseason. He hit 266 this year. Um, he's frustrating to watch the plate because when you watch him, he doesn't look like he has any sort of plan in place. He kind of just goes up there and figures it out as he goes. And it's usually not with good results. Excuse me. Uh, so he's a frustrating player to watch the plate, but as we all know, he's not necessarily there for his bat. He's one of the best defensive third basemen in baseball. The guy gobbles up everything over there. He's got one of the best arms I've ever seen over there. I mean, he has absolute rocket. It's on target. Careful what you wish for here to Ruben Amaro Jr. because I know he's looking at you got guys out there like, uh, you know, Mark DeRosa's out there, uh, Adrian Beltre from the Mariners, who, who they gave him way too much money after his big was in 04. I think they signed him in 05, gave him a bunch of money, and he, he's okay. He'll give you north of 20 home runs, but, you know, when they signed him off of a 48 home run season, not exactly what the Mariners thought they were getting. Uh, and guys like Sean Figgins from uh, the Angels, who would be a great addition, but he's not coming cheap. Now, gee, at third base, what do you think? And I know you liked uh, when Pedro Feliz was signed. Um, and so far, since he's been a Philly, they've been to two World Series and won one. I'm not I'm just, just throwing it out there. Uh, do, you, do you go away from Feliz? It's very dangerous to lose that defense. You know, having David Bell over there was not a good thing. You know, it, it, Obviously, if you had your choice, would you spend the money on Figgins, or do you play it safe and maybe get a discount on Beltre, who was hurt last year? Well, you know, that, that'll have to, this will depend really probably on what else they plan on doing. If they plan on doing some other major spending, then they're going to try to get somebody cheaper. But, uh, you know, Figgins, of course, uh, the thing he will do is uh, he, he makes them uh, faster. Uh, he's going to make them... Um, Really, probably uh, put him in, make him a higher scoring team because he's going to be on base more than, uh, you know, than Rollins was, and uh, you know you got that speed, so you you know you got all those guys on the bases uh, attacking, and uh, you got a team that uh, is going to have you know people on base who are capable of stealing, which is going to make uh, it tougher for pitchers. They're going to have to throw fastballs, throw them for strikes, and. And, uh, you know, it's going to make them a more aggressive team. Now, if, if that's the way they're thinking, I can understand that uh, because, you know, uh, one of the things that you uh, that they've been talking about, which is they want to try to win. I mean, they're playing and thinking about championship, so they plan on being uh, aggressive. So, um, you know, I, I guess Biggins, to me, it's, it would be the option. Um, if they don't go that route, well, then, then it really is going to make you think. Um, and, and I have to think about who, who I would have as a second or third option. You know, they, well, I guess DeRosa. Uh, DeRosa I understand, Delta, yeah. I understand he will be the guy if it's not Figgins. So we'll see. Yeah, and you know what's the interesting thing that's happening that, that I'm hearing about this year in this offseason for baseball that hasn't really been the situation in the past um, because of the economy. A lot of these guys that were signed to contracts two, three years ago, uh, a lot of the Midwest teams 
you know, areas of the United States getting slammed, you know, by the economy. You know, they aren't making the revenue that they used to, and any projections they had for revenue are off because of the economy. So all of a sudden, you got guys like Curtis Granderson's available. You want Mickey Cabrera? You go make an offer. <laughs> a lot. It's not just the free agent pool this time around. If you've got the people to trade, and the Phillies do, you know, you look at an organization like the Mets. Excuse me, they've got nothing. The Mets have nothing, and we know they have nothing because they showed their whole minor league system to the world last year when everybody was hurt. They got nothing anybody wants. Phillies still do. They made that that move for Lee. They didn't lose Ghost. They didn't lose Don Brown. They didn't lose Drabeck, um, Michael Taylor, uh, Mayberry, whatever you think of him, which I don't even know what to think of him at this point. But the Phillies still have a pretty loaded farm system. And, gee, you know as well as anybody, you've been in this town a long time. When was the last time the Phillies were in this kind of a position? They are coming off back-to-back World Series appearances. They've got a ring. And they have a, a flooded farm system. They're spending money, and they're in position to add just a small, you know, Tweaks to the roster. It doesn't mean an overhaul. You went to the World Series last year. Minor tweaks, and you're in position to have money. Because remember, too, I think it's uh, Tomei is off the books. Uh, what's his name? Good. Adam Eaton is finally off the books. They don't pay him anymore. That, that's extra money, even though they do have some of their own guys they have to sign. I don't think, gee, I've never seen it in my lifetime where the Phillies were in this good of a position as a franchise. Well, you know, I, I think this is unprecedented. Um, so um, there's no doubt. I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not a matter of you know uh, guessing. It's unprecedented that this organization would be in the position they're in, where they can pretty much call the shots, and um, you know they they're so well stocked both with their team and in their farm system uh, to be able to uh, really uh, you know choose options. I mean, they've got. Different options, and they're, and they're, and a lot of them are good options, you know. Yeah. So, so from that standpoint, you, you know, they've got to love where they're at, uh, and uh, clearly that, you know, they're a team that, you know, they're on a run right now. They're in the middle of their run, and you know, they should. Yeah, and, well, and you know what? One of the other options they have is, and this is a rarity for a lot of teams in any sport. They have the option to do nothing. That's a rarity. That's a nice luxury. You know, yeah, they're going to have to add little things here, but in general, they, don't have to, they don't have to do anything. You know, there's the holiday rumors, which I really don't see. That would really gut the farm system for two pitchers that essentially, unless you lock both of them up to mega deals, that, let's be honest, the Phillies, they're not going to be able to afford a Lee, Halliday, Howard, you know, all these major guys to get their contract. Uh, so I don't see them doing that. Um, but if they wanted to, <laughs> they could. They're really in a unique position. And, uh, you know, I want to get back to the Eagles for a second here uh, because I really wanted to get your thoughts on this. This linebacking situation is the secondary we know. They're, they're just, the injuries and the Hoselio Hansen incident, who, uh, if you don't know, was suspended for four games for taking a banned substance or diuretic or whatever it is. I don't know if I buy the Chinese food story. Um, you got Jackie Kiguanu, who was a former potential number one pick years ago before he shredded his knee. Dimitri Patterson is back there. So after the two, first top two corners, you're, you're a little thin there. Uh, safety, we know Quentin Michael and then Sean Jones what, is, is whatever. But this linebacker thing really bugs me. I, I'm really concerned. This is their sixth middle linebacker. Gee, did you know that this is their sixth middle linebacker this year? 
That's a lot. Well, you, know, you know, I was walking through the uh, NovaCare Center uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was <laughs> kidding with um, uh, with uh, Stuart Bradley about the fact that, man, I said, when you go in there to negotiate, you got to tell them how hard you have been to replace, you know. Uh, because and, and and he has been very hard uh, to replace because, you know, he he's he a guy with size, uh, smarts, and uh, of course some uh, the, the speed to run with backs and things, and uh, that's what kind of has, has made him a standout guy. But uh, this has been a problem, man. Uh, you know, I was walking through there today. I look over at Joe Mays. They can't count on him. You got Jeremiah Trotter. They don't want to get him in a situation where he's got to run with with somebody. Um, and you look at the, some of the other guys uh, in there, you know, uh, Witherspoon, uh, he doesn't have the size they probably would like. And I also think that they're thinking that uh, with uh, Sproul, uh this week, they don't want Gokong on him, uh, chasing him. They want they want to have Witherspoon on him. So that's why they're switching to move him to, <laughs> to weak side linebacker, you know. I'm, I'm uh, fine with Witherspoon at the weak side. Fine. I, Go okay. in the middle. I have a problem having him over there, you know. Well, well, here's the thing. What does this say about Joe Mays? You tell me why Joe Mays is on this team. Because if you're in a situation like this where you are just decimated, depleted at linebacker, and you still don't trust that guy to go in there, well, why is he on the team then? Well, why? they think he's, just, I guess, going to develop in something, but he's clearly not ready now. Well, what's you your know, take here on Oakland? They can't put him in there. You know, the guy can't learn this. And, he, you know, they don't trust him to go in there and, and play. So, so you, have a, says, you have a you know, converted defensive end, that middle linebacker. Yep. I mean, that's, that's what you got. That, that just blows my mind. I'm curious. You know, you have to assume he'll be okay against the run as long as he stays home. And, you know, he's a, he's a big enough guy. Foku's the one that intrigues me. He's a, he's a walking penalty machine. And that's what kills me. You know, obviously you want to go out and you want to make plays, but those penalties are killers. I mean, as a former linebacker, what do you see in Foku? Well, you know, I think Foku does have the ability to be a good outside linebacker. But, I mean, he he just – some of the penalties, the thing is that they are so stupid. But, you know, it's not the first young player I've seen do that, though. I mean, uh, this part, you know, you don't want – you want the guy to be aggressive. And he's got to learn. But you've got to realize, you know, he's a rookie. How many rookies right. have made mistakes? Oh, well, that's part of the, part of the job. Uh, the thing is, why you, that's why you'd rather not be playing rookies, but if that's what he's going to do to make a mistake, he's, that's going to do it for me. But I'll, 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 I'll uh, talk to you guys in a few. All right, Keith, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, we'll be back after the break. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports 
If you're a fantasy football lover, you need to take a few minutes to listen to this commercial. Even if you're a novice, this could be for you. Butts and Butts, along with former NFL linebacker Sean Barber, have revolutionized the way you'll play fantasy football. That's right. Suicide Fantasy Football is now available. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com for all the details. You'll get the hot tips on this new game and find out how to win $25,000. Suicide Fantasy Football is just like the game you know and love with a little twist. There's no draft. You select a lineup every week and just about every starter from an NFL team is available to you. The catch is you only use a player one time each season. Pick Brady to Moss for the first week. Save McNabb and Peterson for the stretch run. You're the GM of your own team and you make the call. Here's your chance to show everyone that you're the smartest fantasy football player week in and week out. There's no lucky draft picks. No waiver wire moves because you're in last place. It's simple. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com and sign up for a league and show everyone who's boss. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. We are back on GCOB in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren, and I'll be flying solo for this last segment. So uh, we'll talk a little Don McNabb and birds uh, as we get you guys ready for your weekend. And, you know, I was listening to, uh, I was listening to sports radio today uh, in the car, and they were talking about uh, where Donovan ranks with, you know, with the other quarterbacks in the league and who would you rather have and all that stuff. And it's one of the easiest arguments to stir up. Because uh, everyone obviously has an opinion on it. There's the Donovan people and the anti-Donovan people. And, and so I was thinking, well, who would you really rather have in the, in the league? Um, at this point, I think Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, and Tom Brady, are that's probably pretty much universally accepted. But, you know, I was hearing people coming in with, with 
with Tony Romo and, and, and Matt Ryan. I'm thinking, huh? I mean, let me you know. You go through them. Let's see. Tony Romo? Really? Tony Romo. I don't know how you can take a guy. And, and there were several people that, that, took, that said they would take Tony Romo over Donovan McNabb. And I actually, uh, I actually like Tony Romo better than most people, certainly, certainly more than most people in Dallas. I mean, I don't know if you were reading uh, all the clippings before the season on Romo. And even earlier this season when he was struggling a little bit, man, they were just ready for him to be done. Just get out of here. Uh, and I've always, I've always kind of liked Romo. I, I know he uh, doesn't play his best football at the end of the year, but I don't know that that's entirely on him. Uh, the team as a whole seems to go in the tank at the end of the year, and, yeah, he's a part of that. But I, I don't know that I can necessarily blame him for that. But I, I don't know how you say you're going to take Tony Romo over McNabb when, now, again, you know, I'm not one of these, oh, uh, Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. Those teams won Super Bowls. I think it gets way overplayed. The, the idea that a quarterback wins or loses, or that John Elway will never win one. Yeah, well, he finally did when they put a team around him. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, Donovan's been on teams that have won a lot of playoff games. Not a Super Bowl, I understand that, but a lot of playoff games. Tony Romo has none. You know, he wasn't even a starter until 2006. He never won a playoff game. You know, he's never been on a team that won a playoff game. And, again, it's not all his fault. You know, if you want to blame him for a playoff loss and say, you know, it was for holding a kick, which he probably shouldn't even have been doing. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, God, if Mar- Martin Gramatica can, all he had to do was blow on Babineau, do anything, something, to stop that guy from running around. And he doesn't grab Romo. Romo was on his way into the end zone. Um, but that said, I still, I, I still can't say that, you know, Romo, Romo's the, I would take him over Donovan. I, at this point, Donovan to me is still the best quarterback in the division. Uh, he has a good quarterback. Struggling a little bit right now. Uh, may have something to do with the foot injury. Uh, or maybe it's just a midseason funk because that, that whole team is, that Giants team is not looking so hot right now. Uh, although I think only a fool would count them out. Uh, so I de- definitely think Donovan in the division. Really, the question comes down to, well, what about Big Ben? Do you take, would you take Ben Roethlisberger over Donovan? Maybe. I think you get a lot of people that would say they would. Uh, again, you know, uh, Big Ben's first Super Bowl, I think they won in spite of him, not because of him. But the one they won last year, I mean, Big Ben got it done when it counted. He, uh, he plays big in big games. He, he keeps plays alive. Uh, as much as he gets criticism for holding the ball too much, he kind of makes it work for him. And he does. He keeps plays alive like that. And he's so tough to bring down. Yeah, and if he takes some sacks from holding the ball, absolutely. Does he make a lot of plays from holding the ball? Yes, he does too. And he just – I, I'm trying to think of another quarterback that I've seen, even in recent memory, that was that tough to bring down. Not elusive, not the guys that jump around and you just can't get your hands on them. You can get your hands on them. Because you can't bring him down. He's a big boy. So you could argue, you take Big Ben over, over Donovan. You can make that argument uh, for sure. Another one I heard, and uh, I'd be curious to know what other people think, is Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub, of course, was drafted by the Falcons and, and sat behind Vic uh, for several years, and they finally dealt him uh, to the Houston Texans, where he's had a chance to play. And Schaub's good. Uh, Schaub can play. He's got a ton of passing yards this year. But he gets hurt a lot. Uh, and I don't know 
you know, he's, I think he's a very good quarterback. I, I can't say you take him over Donovan. I don't know what these people are talking about. He's still, you know, what have the Texans done? They, they still haven't done much. Um, and, again, I know it's a team sport, and that's not all on Shaw. But I don't think you can say that right now you would take, you would take Shaw over Donovan. I, I still got to go with Donovan there, uh, even though, you know, I, I do like Shaw. Um, another guy, too, Matt Ryan in Atlanta. Who would you rather have? Now, it's easy to argue Matt Ryan when you say, well, geez, for the future, of course. If nothing else, he's got you know, 10 years younger than Donovan. I don't know if he's full 10 years, but he's, he's quite a bit younger than Donovan. Uh, he's not. He's struggling a little bit right now. Um, overall, I think Matt Ryan's going to be fine. I think he's going to be a heck of a player. I can't say right now you take him over Donovan McNabb. Donovan, he knows the system. He knows he's a very, very experienced quarterback. And until I see more from Matt Ryan, I don't know that I can say that. I can't. I can't take him over Donovan right now. Um, but like I said, very, very good, very good quarterback. And another guy, too, and we talked about this guy earlier, and I just can't tell you how much I can't stand Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, to me, somebody mentioned him when I was listening to this thing today. Somebody said, well, Jay Cutler. I'm thinking, did you watch that game last night? Did you watch that game last night, how bad he was? And he got fined $20,000 today for abusing an official. Uh, I know he was upset over a couple of the interceptions, one of them. Uh, even if even if you say two weren't his fault, he still threw three more. Five picks. That'll kill you. That gets teams killed. You can't have five picks. And you know, Kurt Warner did it a few weeks ago too. And yet people are still saying, "Oh, I'll take Kurt Warner over Donovan." Really? You would. Oh, you know, he had that great postseason run last year, and everyone's talking about, "Boy, Kurt Warner's really playing well." Was he? Or was he throwing the ball up to Larry Fitzgerald, who was absolutely out of his skull? The guy was playing like a man possessed. Kurt Warner just throw the ball up. Double team, no problem. I'll go get it. I don't know. I've seen a, a receiver dominate like that uh, for quite some time. He was, he was playing like a man possessed. You know, if somebody wants to say Philip Rivers, I'll give you that. You know, you, you could argue Philip Rivers over Donovan. Um, it's probably a coin, uh, a coin toss at this point. But Rivers does a lot, and he doesn't have any kind of a running game right now to help him. But, you know, he played with it two years ago in the AFC Championship game. He played on no ACL. No ACL. Anytime you ever hear an ACL injury, done for the year, you're done. Nope. I'm going to play on it. And they only lost that game, I believe, uh, 10 points to New England. Uh, in New England. That was pretty gutty. You got, I, once Philip Rivers tones down the petulant child act, I'll like him a lot more. <coughs> Excuse me. He's got a ton of talent. Um, he's a winner. He's a gamer. He had a brilliant drive last week against the Giants to give him a 21-20 lead. And you can certainly make the argument for Rivers. But uh, those are the major ones. And look, guys, I got to run. So y'all want you have a, uh, everyone have a good weekend. This is Michael Warren. I'm on GCOB in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Have a great one. We'll see you next week. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.